Hello, this is Steve, and we're with Weidler Brothers of Compass in the D.C. metro area, and you're listening to the Real Talk podcast. This is Naomi Klein representing the Compass office in Beverly Hills, and you're listening to the Real Talk podcast. What up, everybody? This is Chef Jack Harris at the uh, Talk Team podcast. This is Jade with the Jessica Northrup team from Denver, Colorado, and you are listening to the Real Talk podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Real Talk. Thank you for joining always. It's been a crazy week for me. I celebrated my 36th birthday last week uh, in New York City. And uh, uh, just recovering from that while scrambling to come back down to DC. And uh, here I am. I'm actually, t- today I'm, uh, I'm, wel- I'm welcome in the McLean office, which is about 20 minutes south of Washington, DC. Uh, honored to have with us the guests for this show, the Weidler Brothers. Uh, the Weidler Brothers are Steve and Hans Weidler, along with, uh, they have 18 agents and six support staff. They've been selling residential real estate for 20 years in the DMV area. They built the highest producing team in the DMV, became the top 25 teams in the United States, according to the Wall Street Journal, and were voted the best realtor by readers of Bethesda Magazine in 2015-2019. They're Track record is long, so I want to keep it short. But Hans has an MBA from Harvard Business School. Uh, he also has a BA from Yale. He lives in Bethesda with his wife and their two children. He started his career as a director of online classified for the Washington Post in 1994. So that's a pretty prestigious job back in 94, given that there was dial-up modems and there was, there was probably virtually no internet. Uh, at that time, so I was doing new media before Al Gore invented the internet. <laughs> what I, I said, yeah. So uh, uh, I bet in 1994, no one knew what director of online classifieds even meant. Right. So, and then after a few years working in that tech-related, uh, working in a few other tech-related firms, he joined Long and Foster in 2011. For those listeners that don't know, 2001. 2001. 2001. 2001. I'm sorry. Yeah. And for those listeners that don't know uh, Log and Foster, they're an affiliate of Christie's based uh, in Chantilly, but were founded in Fairfax County, which is where I grew up. Uh, Steve is a reformed transactional lawyer turned real estate broker. He lives in McLean with his two daughters and an Aussie doodle, which is awesome. I have an Aussie poodle mix. Oh, cool. As well. Uh, Steve graduated from Dartmouth was top of his class at the New York City's International Bartender School and received a JD from Vanderbilt Law. Upon graduation, he worked as an associate at Pillsbury Winthrop, then became assistant general counsel for AOL in 1998. And you were there for about 10 years. Now, I was at AOL for five years. Five years. I was a lawyer total for seven years. Seven years. But okay. who's counting? It felt like 10. <laughs> it felt like 10. It felt like 20. <laughs> uh, he joined real estate in 2012 after founding... Five Street, a real estate lead conversion tool that helps optimize real estate brokers' consumer interactions online. So, yep. Yeah, so Steve joined me actually two thousand two. Is it two thousand two? Yeah. Okay. And then we started Five Street probably eight, eight or nine years ago. Gotcha. Uh, when not working, Steve can be found embarrassing his teenage daughters, playing squash and golf, at a slow and poor level, respectively. <laughs> A little factor about story. A uh, little fact factoid about Steve. He has a solid Uber rating of four point eight three. Is that updated? Uh, it's probably up to four eight six now. I'm, re- I'm really working on that. <laughs> you guys use Ubers in Virginia all the time. All, all the time. time. Okay, good. Good. Uh, you may follow the Weidler Brothers on Instagram at 
Weidler Brothers, W-Y-D-L-E-R Brothers, where you may find their interesting videos, witty commentary, and real estate photography of properties that they sell in the Nova and Maryland and the D.C. area. So, brothers, thank you for coming. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I appreciate it. We really appreciate your time. Uh, I got to say, your videos online are pretty hilarious. They have almost a... They have that, that the comedy of The Office. It's very dry. I feel like one of you guys is Steve Carell. And I, do you think they're derivative? <laughs> I just feel like, I mean, are, are you guys directing these videos yourselves? We, uh, we like to have fun with our marketing, so yeah. we have a lot of ideas. Uh, once it, in a while, well, they're good. <laughs> and so we, we just always try to keep it innovative. You know, we, uh-huh. we, we really enjoy marketing. And sure. I think uh, in this business, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people take themselves way too seriously. And I think that our ability to have fun with ourselves and with each other uh, really resonates with our clientele. Yeah, you're right. Uh, too many brokers are way too uptight with their marketing or they're way too prestigious yeah. with their marketing. You and guys and we have a, we have a great team, you know, which helps <laughs> weed out the really bad stuff. I loved your B-roll about it. Was it that hard trying to catch that? The bottle? The bottle <laughs> yes. without looking? For my brother, yes, it was very hard. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes. it, yeah, it had to be perfect timing, perfect throw. So uh, we had some, we had a few mishaps. And we were, we were in a... Uh, we lost two interns. Yeah, we, we, intern, we had an intern throwing up the bottle and kept falling on his face. It was bad. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> somebody was down there catching it. We were terrified. There was we were, like a pillow or something. We there. were in someone else's house, so we didn't want to break a no. bottle in their house. No. So it was a little bit stressful. So I, I thought maybe there was like a bunch of pillows. No, we had, we had yeah. a bunch of, bunch of interns. Interns so, you know, just trying to break, yeah, yeah, it, exactly. on, trying to break <laughs> it on their face. <laughs> so let's start from the beginning. You know, you, both of you guys came into real estate into different areas, different time frames. So, you know, what... Why did you guys first, A, decide to get into real estate, and then why did you guys as brothers, sometimes it is hard growing up together, it's probably harder doing business together, how did you guys decide to, to join forces at such early stages? Well, it's funny, you said you just had your 36th birthday, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, and I always say, I, 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 I got into real estate about your age, I was 35, uh-huh. uh, give or take, and um, I always say I had my first midlife crisis. My, I had worked at the Washington Post for several years in a new media group, and we launched WashingtonPost.com early, early. So it was 93, 4, 5, How 6. How fascinating. So it was just great. Well, it was the whole... WashingtonPost.com. Yeah. That URL was obviously available then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, uh, early, early stuff. And a lot, of, you know, a lot of exciting things were happening in the 90s. And I left the Post to three internet startups in the 90s, mm-hmm. the last, uh, last one of which was my own. And uh, it's actually, it's funny, it's a, it was an online picture framing business. Sure. And we had partners with, with the largest uh, wholesaler of photo, photo uh, digital photography and, um, and retail photography, rich, rich cameras. They had like over a thousand stores. So we had all these great things lined up. And in 1999, if you were, you were probably 12, but the, 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 uh, intermarket, the internet uh, stock market just collapsed. Sure. It was the first dot-com bust. Bubble, yeah. And so we couldn't raise our, our A round. Fast forward 20 years. Another woman, also based in Washington, a woman based in Washington, started a company called Framebridge. Basically, our business, Are you our oh, business model from twenty years ago. I and was about to say that sounds exactly like Framebridge. Yeah, and and so I, I have it. We have a history of being uh, too early and too small, twenty years ahead of time. So it was uh, it was that last last 
experience. Like, you know what? I love being an entrepreneur. I love Washington, D.C. The kinds of jobs to go back into corporate America were going to take me to other parts of the country. And I wanted to stay in Washington. This is this is where I wanted to make my home. And we had just had our first uh, first son was born. And um, and I sort of backed into real estate through that, like, at my first midlife crisis. And that's how I got into it. Interesting. So, uh, Tag teaming on that. I was uh, a lawyer with AOL, and I actually yeah. enjoyed being at AOL during a very exciting time in the internet yeah. in the internet oh, uh, yeah. life cycle. And uh, but um, while I was working at AOL, two thousand um, uh, nine eleven happened, and sort of had sort of that uh, that very reflective moment of what I want to do with my life, and so. Uh, I realized that you know I wanted to do something more entrepreneurial and something where I added more value to people's lives. Uh, my brother Hans had gotten his uh, his real his real estate license. Um, I'll be honest, uh, I was uh, really surprised when he did it because I felt like he was flushing his pedigree down the toilet. Mm. And because back in two thousand, people with with you know his pedigree were not getting into this business. No. And so uh, after making fun of him mercilessly for. For a solid year, I uh, I quit my job at AOL and I got my real estate license, and it took us. Uh, we worked collaboratively for about you know less little less than a year. Did that we, just happen organically, or did you, did you say let's just join as a team officially? No, we just we worked collaboratively. Mm-hmm. We wanted to. I wanted to get my my running legs uh, going before we we worked out. We did want to work out because we're brothers, and I'm a lawyer. We wanted to work out the the arrangement of how we actually. Background and the legal background yeah, combined yeah. forces obviously makes a lot of sense there. And we also live. It's funny. It was nice because Steve lives in McLean and I yeah. live in 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 uh, Bethesda. Uh-huh. And so we weren't on top of each other. We we've always had separate offices. Sure. It's kind of like the New York area where you have you know the, you know the tri tri state area. We sure. have Brooklyn, New Jersey, and Manhattan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have the DMV. We have di- the mm-hmm. D- district, suburban Maryland, and, and northern Virginia. Yeah. So it worked out real well. Okay. That's nice. Uh, that so did when you guys officially fully formed was the goal to uh, build out your own brokerage, separate yourselves from Long and Foster, and and have your own own brand. Was that initially so goal? I, or did you just not? I would say it slightly differently. When we both started, I think our goal was you know we'd I would say at least I'll say for myself I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I didn't want to be you know, just another realtor. Like I wanted to like, I wanted every client experience uh, um, to be transformational for my client where they were like, where they would have this impression that that I was so much better than my competition that they would be crazy to use anyone else and that, that all their friends had to use us. So Hans and I from day one have been really, uh, um, you know, thoughtful and you know, what we do, how we do it, the level of service we provide, strategic thinking, uh, business, like business advice, uh, and just really try to, uh, you know, impact people in a, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we did, you know, while we have a lot of fun with our marketing, we probably... Uh, take our business very seriously. We take it very sure. seriously, yeah, you absolutely. know. And what, one of the things we realized, like any, like any business, every agent is running a business, and what Hans and I did, I think we did it very well, and of course we made a lot of mistakes along the way, is we tried to deconstruct the business of helping someone buy a house yep. and deconstruct the business of helping someone sell the house. And then you know, what most agents do is they sit across the table from a client and they say, you should hire me because I'm the best. Well, the, tr- the truth of the matter is no one person or even a small team is 
excels at all the different things that, that you need to do to sell a house or buy a house, help someone buy a house properly. And Hans have, and I have always been about let's let's you know um, hire, train, use systems, technology, and people to fill the gaps where we're, where our skill sets are lacking. And mm-hmm. so that's always been our approach. And we we found that through scale that we've been able to do that very very well. And then with this with our uh, um, uh, merger with Compass last year, it's taken it to a whole new level. Got it. Before we talk about Compass, let's start from the beginning. You guys had uh, already been, your background, both of your backgrounds are very unique when it comes to people in our field. Real estate in general does have a, a very low barrier of entry. You just have to have a license. Uh, but That's how Steven got his. <laughs> given, you, given you guys' backgrounds and having worked at the Washington Post and AOL respectively for many years before jumping into our field, did you see that as an advantage when you first started? Did you already have, let's just say, clients that you wanted to work with were, but were, were, or were willing to work with you from your previous industries yeah, so right off the bat. So interesting. I actually got when I decided, you know, that I wanted to go into real estate. I originally thought I was going to be a developer, and uh, I had had um, as a web developer or as no, a no, 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 real estate, real, estate, real estate developer. Mm. You know, uh, you know, buy properties, add value, and, and, yep, and build sure. up a portfolio. Sure. And and I started uh, talking to every real estate agent I could talk to and try yeah. to learn as much as I can and try to find you know suitable properties. Mm-hmm. And I always say, if I talk to twenty agents, um, now you know I was young and and looking at basically res- residential you know homes sure. I wanted to, to to renovate and fix up. Uh, Eighteen of those agents were lovely people and were very capable of selling someone a home, mm-hmm. but they had no business experience. Mm-hmm. And so the kinds of questions that I was asking, they they just didn't even know what mm-hmm. I was asking about. Just like basic basic. Uh, metrics of, of of commercial real estate, but but uh, and I and I, I don't have a commercial real estate background, so it's very basic. But they couldn't answer them. Mm. Two of the agents I spoke to were excellent and ended up buying a a, a, a building, a, a row home from one of them. But it was sort of that experience when I just said, you know what, I think realizing what I like to do, I I, I, I always. I love people. I love the energy, and our, our mom is in sales as well, and so we were always around it. And I thought it was a much better fit for me uh, uh, than than being a full time developer. And so that was the transition, and it was a big transition for me to 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 to, to get through that, uh, just as on a thinking process. And then once I decided to do it, it was the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. It was, it's, a, it's a very constant, unlike. You know, I had some sales and business development roles earlier in my career, and you're selling some other product. Like I was selling a software package, and if the developer or software developers couldn't write good code, it made my job really hard. Really in real estate, you're selling a service, and you're in full control of the, the, the experience that you're delivering. And our approach has always been, you know, it's just natural to be consultative and try to help people and help them avoid making, making mistakes and finding the right, right spot. Mm-hmm. So it worked out great. Okay. For you, Steve, same thing. So similar. So my, you know, my, help? I came in being as a transactional lawyer. Yeah. I could do deals backwards and forwards. I was in very complicated, complicated, complicated and complex transactions where I was the lead attorney for many years um, when I was in-house counsel at AOL. Mm-hmm. So I think what for most agents when they come into the business is the most intimidating part, which is dealing with the contracts and dealing with the negotiations. That was that was second like, major for you. It was a huge competitive advantage for me, and it, it still is to this day. 
Um, now, uh, can I tell you the, the best, my brother had the best line I've ever heard. So his first transaction was a, a really a large transaction for a friend, a friend that had done well in a, a, uh, locally. And his friend, who was also you know very good friend, said, so Steve, is this, is this the biggest deal you've ever done? And Steve just came out of corporate America, uh, and he said, no, actually, it's the smallest deal I've ever done. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So I, I thought that was great. I like the way you look at it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. this is the smallest. <laughs> All right, so both of you guys, it sounds like you had no trouble uh, getting into the business, getting jump-started in the business, getting clients from the business in the beginning. So, so I'll, I'll tell you one the story about okay. that. So one of the things I was most shocked about um, – and again, I, we use Hans and I use this as competitive advantage. But when you, you, know, you go through the licensing class to learn how to be, you know, to get your license as a realtor, but obviously that doesn't teach you the business nope. of being a real estate Nothing. agent. And then, then we went through a series of classes of like the business of being a real estate agent. And it's really interesting, you know, Hans and I sort of figured out in that process. You learn, you learn sort of the legal legalities of being an agent, and you learn sort of the business of being an agent, which is like how to get clients. But very little training was about, okay, once you have a client, how do you provide them best-in-class service? What, yeah. What's the best way to do a CMA? What's the best way to negotiate? What's the best way to, to write an offer? And that's where Hans and I felt like we could really uh, um, excel because the substance of being an agent, like that's what, that's what Hans and I were all about. It's like, what, how do you do things the best? Like how do you convey information in a... In a, in a uh, um, a digestible way for your client that they can actually utilize it and make a much more informed decision. So again, I think that still exists to this day, and that's a real opportunity for uh, forward-thinking com- uh, brokerages like Compass to to really make a difference. Sure. Yeah. Well said. Uh, well, did you guys did have? You get, did you say Hans just said well said? He said well said. He never says that. One. Wow. No, no, it's, that's <laughs> actually it's, it's Christmas time, Steve. So I just wanted you, you, you got to be giving. Make you feel good. Yes. Yeah. Type yeah. of giving. You got to be nice to <laughs> each other at this time of the year. When you guys had your own brokerage team, and you guys were obviously leaders in the field in terms of being a broker and selling homes, but when you guys had your brokerage and you had all these agents working under you, for some of our younger listeners of real estate or, or people who are starting out in their business. We always sit, by the way, along, alongside of us. Like, we really... Okay. Uh, if it was alongside, a, not team poor. effort. Not yeah, working yeah. for, yeah. but alongside. What was some of the uh, struggles of, of building a team, maintaining a team, and growing them as professionals from a business and a personal standpoint? Uh, you know, the, the, the challenge in this business is always scale. Uh, you know, what, I shouldn't say always. There's, there's, a, there's a gating. Once... Yeah, you have to get to a certain level where you, you know you can sell a house. And mm-hmm. once you know you, you have the ability to, to, to generate business, the question is scaling the business at every, at every step. And it's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. And we, we went from, you know, when we were a big team at our former brokerage, we had 30, 30 folks with us. 30 folks. And then we grew that. We left four, four, four years ago, four and a half years ago, started our own brokerage and grew that to 70 people. You know, we had over $400 million in production. And it was, um, we were growing quickly, but it was constantly trying to figure out the right people, how to recruit great people, how to, you know, in, uh, engage them and help them grow their businesses. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, I think where we were very, very good at is, and, and, and why it's been such a seamless and a good combination with Compass is we approached the business the same way. We really wanted to take as much 
off an agent's plate at the brokerage level to let them do what that help them shine, which is to service their clients. What did you do that business? Plate, well, as much of the administrative and and back office work that the arts and crafts, the arts and crafts, yeah. and when and when everyone starts, you're sole you're sole practitioner, and they're doing everything and. And most folks don't have, most agents still to this day, don't have the scale to compartmentalize. So if you're doing, pick a number, $10 million, $20 million in production, and you want to hire a full-time person, that is a huge risk. Oh, yeah. It's very, very huge. hard what that role is. And what most people do is they hire a mini-me. Mini yeah. It's like, I want someone to just do everything that I can do. Yeah. Well, if someone's, first of all, if they're that good, they're, they're not going to stay in that stay, role. Yeah. And, and what you really need is, is you need to break it down. So you need start to need a marketing group, an operations group, a, a contract processing group, a listing coordination group. And at a brokerage scale, you can you you have the scale to do that. We we had we had three or four listing coordinators. We had. Uh, Did you have to hire them yourselves? Or so the brokerage. So when we were our own brokerage, the brokerage helped we, you do that. So no, well we were the brokers, right? Well, yeah. So at our old brokerage, you know, when we had a big team, we had all that infrastructure at, at the team level, and so for us it was very easy to go from a big team to an independent brokerage because we already had that philosophy. Yeah, our, our epiphany was why why you know there. Are, what it's like thirty thousand agents in the in the, the greater DC area. There's two okay. million agents in the, in the country. Why is it that you know the the, the model that exists today is why are uh, the brokerages letting the agents build out all this infrastructure? That's not necessarily their core skill set. Skill set well, required to do so though. What's that? We, in order to right. survive, so we have to, to do it. it. And, yeah. and you know, you know, some agents uh, build out their systems well. Um, there's probably as many different team structures as there are teams. And so what our epiphany was, you know, four years ago when we started our brokerage is let's, let's take what we built at the team level and, and provide those services and that support at the brokerage level. And I think that's, um, uh, you know, it's really funny. We were doing that with very limited resources, but in incredible inside knowledge of what it takes to sell a home. You know, it just coincidentally at the and same time, Compass was coming along and trying to do the same thing with the opposite. They had tremendous resources. But their leadership weren't, you know, weren't from necessarily from the uh, real estate, real estate yeah. background. It's not and the same it, old recycled thinking. And it was just, you know, we had long conversations with them, and it really was a perfect merger uh, of of you know our two companies. So I, I, I would say we've been totally blessed. We had some uh, people in our our, our our salaried support roles are phenomenal. In fact, we just had a meeting with um, a regional head here in Washington uh, this week. And she was so complimentary. She said, your, your uh, former employees are now embedded in Compass and, and, and are the sort of the, the gold standard the of, of, of what we're looking for. And that, that felt great because we, we, we were so grateful to these guys. And they still, we still work with them. They're still supporting our, our day-to-day business and our, all of our colleagues. So it's been great. What's so great about Compass is that just a genuine willingness to learn and get better. Like yeah. in that, and not, you know, not that we were perfect by any stretch and that... Um, uh, but you know, we we did some things a little bit differently than than Compass did, and and we're what we're doing in this process is we're learning from them, and they're learning from us. We're trying to 
try to make just it better. Make it yeah. better. Yeah. Do you want to give us a quick story of, of how they approached you? Did you did you know about us beforehand? How did you get approached? Why did you did it take a long time to, for you to decide? Okay, we're finally gonna join. So no. we had ongoing conversations with Robert when he first opened the DC. Market. Did he call you first? The, so yeah, so Ro, uh, he called. So first. I met Ro, I met Robert. Uh, I think he called me first actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, five years ago, uh-huh. and they were just they were just gonna thinking about coming to DC, and they talked to us seriously about being their their first group here in the Washington DMV, uh-huh. and uh, and we said no. <laughs> we Did said you no. take a meeting, or was it just a phone oh, call? Oh, so we uh, we had a meeting here, and okay. then uh, they invited us to invited me to New York, and I remember. Going down, um, coming back. Andy from, Bernard was it? Uh, um, not Andy Bernard. Uh, was it Leslie Bernard? There was a Bernard. There was a, um, maybe one, it was just maybe I, I, the Andrea. Her name was Andrea. It's Robert and a lady. I can't remember the lady. The blonde name. lady. Yes. Andrea. Yes. There were. I mean, they were, they you can't help meet Robert and not be incredibly impressed with sure. with, his, with, with his just he just his brain. He's just like a really genuine, passionate person. Mm-hmm. Um, Hots and I sort of, I think we, we sort of needed to like walk that path alone. Um, and, you know, to Robert's credit, he kept, we, we both kept the doors open and we would, we would just have nice conversations. What did you say no at the beginning? Uh, so honestly, they were all, they were all, no, well, they were all over the place. They, they basically had a rental app in, in, uh, New York, New York that was very, um, you know, and they're pivoting into it, residential. It, it wouldn't have done anything here. And <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and so they were they had they had, we were at a table you know like this, and they brought in like four or five of their t- senior leadership team, and they're all like you know ex Goldman Sachs, Bain, sure. yeah. you know McKinsey, all, all these really smart guys, and like we we live in the brokerage business, and we've been doing it for a long time, and you know it's it's a hard it's a hard business, and the margins are tight, and you know it's an operational thing, and so it was like. I, and they didn't really have a they didn't really have uh, a, a clear path or vision of what they wanted to do, but we watched them over year after year, and we met them a, a year before our, our um, we we caught up with Rob a year before their um, we actually joined. And they had just come back uh, and raised a bunch of money from from SoftBank. Yeah, and it was a fascinating conversation. I remember it very vividly, and we were in in Compass's New York office, and. Um, and Robert sort of explained this, the experience of, of talking to the SoftBank guys, and um, and they that I think actually sort of started to crystallize a path and a vision of what they wanted to do, and they were building the resources to do what they wanted to do because what they wanted to do is really bold, like really really bold, and you can't do it. Uh, you just you just need you need overwhelming resources to, to to do it, but if you get there, the payoff is tremendous, and mm-hmm. and so we're we're. We heard that, and when we started our conversations, we're like, all right, we're excited. Let's do this together and, and crush it. So that was the first round uh, after after SoftBank came in. That was when you guys really we started thinking about it seriously. And then we uh, had another conversation. You know, I guess when you guys first met, uh, I was here too. Uh, we had some tools, but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a lot, right? And it wasn't scalable to D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Right. It was scalable to New York City. Right. You know, our MLS data wasn't there yet. Our you know, there's no va- the valuation tool would have been nothing here because you can't really use the valuation tool in a single family home, right? Right. Unlike New York City, so uh, I I think the timing for you guys probably that was probably a good timing for you guys. Yeah, I yeah. mean we're 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 thrilled. It's been a great. It's been we're over a year in, and and it's been a great partnership. Uh, let's, let's want to switch gears now, now that we talked enough about Compass. 
you guys have a, a market that is, it's, it's humongous. I mean, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, I think Fairfax County, the population itself surpassed one million. So there, there is a lot of homes that inherently will get traded every year, more than New York City, in this market. Uh, what are some of the you know, misconceptions that uh, real estate brokers looking from outside have about this market? Or do you have any, have you, have you met brokers from, let's just say, Compass, Texas, or Compass, California, or New York, and they probably don't know much about this area? Uh, what are some, what do you think are some of the unique characteristics of the DMV area that people outside of us do not know? So I, I would say a couple things. One is uh, DC is fortunate to have uh, a extra, an extra leg to our economic school yeah. here, which is, which is the government. Yeah. Um, I heard an economist, uh, he, he articulated it very well. He said, uh, you know, um, when California is doing bad economically, it's actually good for DC. And huh. his reasoning was uh, the government uses California as sort of a barometer for the health of the of the United States economy. Uh-huh. And when 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 California starts doing poorly, the government tends to spend more money, and a dispro- disproportionate percentage of every dollar That's, spent yeah. stays local. Yeah. And so we we actually have this countercyclical this yeah sure. this counterbalance to our economy. I heard there's no such thing as a recession in D.C. because well we're it's not quite true. We are we <laughs> are you know we aren't. Uh, you know, guaranteed from the ups and downs, but we do have a little bit of an insulation factor. Sure. That's the rest of the national market doesn't and, and have. Is that including Maryland and Northern the whole Virginia? area? Oh yeah, and the whole I mean, area. Contractors, you know, the whole government contracting network, you know, is all through our region. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being said, uh, the other thing I, we like about being here is, you know, our clientele tends to be sort of, uh, you know. Professionals and and you know the even even like the the high net worth individuals are they're they're the working affluent they 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 value sort of practical advice. Give us an uh, give us an example in DM in the DMV. You know we have Wall Street clients. Right? Well, what do you so you guys have one? You know, capital, there's, there's U.S. capital. You know, politicians. You have well, so government uh, contractors. Who do you have? So to see that to 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 add on to Steve's comment. We we have the government here, but I I've been here like I, I grew up, we we grew up in New York City and and um, I chose Washington like I love Washington yep. and and the city's just gotten better and better and better over the thirty years I've been here and it's much more diverse economically than it ever was. Mm-hmm. There's so much uh, entrepreneurship and and energy going in all sorts of things from bio, you know, biotech to to defense to telecom to to uh, just, tech startups and so you know. You know, 30 years ago, it felt much more like a government town. Yeah. You know, I remember Jenny and I, were, my wife and I were dating, and she came down on a Sunday night for an event, and it was like 8 o'clock at night, and the only place we could find open for food was like a was a, was a, uh, a local deli that is not great. I love it, but she's like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can move to Washington from New York. And now, you know, you just come in the most vibrant food scenes, and if you've been, you know, if, as a local, seeing what's going on around the town, it's just booming, absolutely Booming with Every neighborhood. young professionals and kind of like what's happening to New York. You know, yeah. areas when we grew up in New York that were you wouldn't go to Williamsburg. Yeah. Were, oh yeah, and, and the parts of the city that you know were were were, were really down and Tompkins out. Square Park was a yeah, and, yep. and now they're just thriving, thriving, yeah. um, uh, and same same effect is happening here in Washington. Um, 
Yeah, so the market's always changing. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's talk about. But, so, but I was just say that what's different yeah. about DC economically is at the high end, there's yeah. a lot of wealth in DC, but we have very, very few homes that trade in the, in in you know north of five million dollars. Sure. You know? Yeah. And compared to uh, New York and LA, LA Miami, San Francisco, you know, San Francisco, and it's really interesting. That people tend to be much more modest, mm-hmm. modest here in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and and there's a lot of you know there, there's a very broad. Homes, a set of homes that yeah. for most of the country, you know, are, you know, very expensive. But compared to those other major metros, and, and also internationally, you know, London or Paris or Tokyo or Singapore, you know, we're we're the best, sure. you know, best bargains for the you know first tier cities in the in in you know globally. Yeah, yeah, and and just because these these two three four million dollar homes in the DMV area are just as great, if not better, in terms of quality than some of the homes you'll find in New York City. Yeah, we love we love it when uh, our buyers come from New York, California, or that's the best. That's the best. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. They, think, they think things are cheap here. Oh yeah, yeah. it's really oh, interesting. Yeah. We, you know, we would lose. You know, we lose a lot of our folks to to the West Coast, for example. They go to San Francisco, sure. or, and for for the first time, uh, we're starting to get clients that are making quality of life decisions to leave the West Coast. It's like you know, prices are outrageous. I'm paying. Crazy amount of money for for very very modest homes. I've got there's crime, there's all sorts of of, of uh, sort of in- infrastructure challenges going on in places like taxes. San Francisco and and high taxes, and they're coming this way, which is really interesting. What can you get for a million bucks right now in D.C.? Let's just say some, some a nicer part of D.C. Let's just say uh, at Capitol Hill versus like a million bucks in Capitol Hill versus a million dollars in uh, let's just say. McLean or Langley area, or a million dollars in like a Chevy Chase area. Like what? What? What's the? What's the so di- ca- difference? You know, there? Capitol Hill. We, we sold a, a two bedroom row home um, for you know in the high eights. Okay. Uh, you know, three bedroom. Is that how many bedroom. floors is that? In one of those two It'll, story that, homes that's, in Capitol that's, Hill. That's a two. That's a two story. It's home. walking distance in National Park. Uh, uh, not really, yeah, no. no, but 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 on the hill, right? oh, you know, yeah. and, and uh, walking distance to the, to the capital. Capital, right? yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and in Northwest, you know, million dollars gets you a modest home mm-hmm. that's like three bedroom, one bath up. When you say modest thing. home, they're single family. Homes? Single family, homes. single family homes. Yeah, or or yeah. row home. Yeah, it could okay. be a row home. Uh, and then the condos are. You know, luxury is a thousand dollars. Like a, at the Ritz, it would be a thousand dollars. Thousand dollars a foot. Thousand dollars a foot. Like so, the, so a thousand square foot, one bedroom is a million bucks. Right, and you know, the super high end, the the fanciest, newest stuff, maybe thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred dollars a foot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hear like five, ten thousand square feet from our colleagues in New York and San Francisco. We have nothing like that. Oh, I see. Right, and yeah. Virginia the same. Yeah, McLean or you know the the entry level detached home in McLean is probably in the seven hundreds. Um, so for a million, you're getting sort of a little either uh, a bigger home, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, or you're getting a one of those smaller homes that have been totally remodeled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is that is sort of that sub million dollar market. In the what's the square? What's the price per square foot for a home like that? Oh, that'll be probably in the four hundred or so oh, range. Wow. Yeah, it's low. It's lower. That's good. Out, yeah, that's very good. You know, I, you know what we are seeing uh, shifting is buyer. It's kind of like the Connecticut. New York, like you know, those big estates. Is it a buyer's market right now here? Well, it depends where. I mean, it depends what submarket it is. But mm-hmm. it's starting to say is is you know, twenty years ago, if you wanted you know had resources and you wanted a big beautiful home, you'd be in the outer suburbs. You'd be in Great Falls. You'd be in yep. Potomac, outside the Beltway. Outside, outside the Beltway, and that market suffered terribly because the young families that have resources 
don't want to be in a big, you know, you know no. isolated plot. They want no. to be walkable Closer. in the city, so they're buying yeah. less square footage in more dense regions. So it's kind of like New York, like where the up, you know, Upper East Side or you know, the biggest states of Connecticut are are not have not appreciated anywhere near the rate of like Chelsea or or, or, or Soho yeah, or sure. Brooklyn. Sure. And same here, like Capitol Hill. Like those things have doubled in in a so matter. The, of so the, the young professionals who are buying these these nicer homes are trying to stay closer in, and then the empty nesters who want to stay local, they want to get rid of their big, you know, mansion the, outside man, mansion out in the belt, you know, outside the beltway, and they're going they're and they're all trying to buy the same inventory. So it's so we sort of have this sort so of so the population you think in general is, is migrating towards core markets. Yes. Right? Absolutely. If Absolutely. you two had the option to just sell for the rest of your life one or two neighborhoods, any neighborhood you know, where you guys work, where would it be and why? That's an interesting question. Uh, neighborhood? Uh, Micro markets, right? Like for us, it's the West Village, true West Village, West of 7th, South of 14th, or Downing. You know, right. Micro market neighborhoods. I would say sort of, uh, I mean, um, you know, either either uh, inside the Beltway McLean or close in Arlington. Okay, why is that? Just because the it's uh, um, it's where you live. It's where <laughs> it, it's well, it's both where I live. You but know, you know, uh, our joke is we're twenty minutes from everywhere. Like yeah. we, we yeah. really you really can get to a lot of different places. Uh-huh. And you know if you think about real estate, the the fuel for the real estate market is jobs. Yeah. And so just being by being inside the Beltway, being twenty minutes from everywhere. You know, people are working in D.C., people mm-hmm. working in Tyson's Corner, people working out the, the Dulles Corridor or the, you know, 270 Corridor. You can get to all those places. Everywhere. And it's just, it, frankly, it's, it's, we have a really nice, diverse uh, population here, and it's just, you know, a really interesting market. What about you, Hans? You know, it's funny. As I've gotten older, the nicest part of the job, or the nicest part of the job is that we are in our community, and you know, we get, we're enthusiastic about our communities, and that's really rewarding. So... So for you, just the, keep doing what I'm doing. Like I, I love, I love, you know, like Stephen li- loves this side of the river. I love where I live, and I'm so sort of passionate about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in North, I mean, sorry, I'm right on the border. So I do Northwest. <laughs> no, no, I'm right on the border. So I, I do yeah. a ton of work in Northwest DC, uh-huh. and and uh, you know, and more and more on the hill because that's where our folks are going. But yeah. I just like being in the community, and it's just, it's it's a really rewarding part of our job. Uh, switching gears, I was at a real estate conference in August, and the. The conference consisted of, it was Tom Ferry. It was brokers from Arkansas to Newport Beach to Florida. It just everywhere. There was barely any Compass brokers there, by the way. Surprising. The, the mood to me was quite somber. It wasn't, oh, we're very opt- optimistic about the market. Oh, we're very optimistic about our business, growing it next year. We're very happy. A, a lot of it, I, that was what I expected. What, what actually was, was very... Uh, oh, I don't know. Like our business is getting pushed. Our margins are thinning. We're not sure how the healthy, you know, how that how the health of the market will affect our business next year. And the Tom Ferry just, you know, his beginning speech was, "We're let's talk about how we should be saving cash." So that was the tone of the entire conference, which I thought was really weird. Everybody sees it a little differently. You guys probably see it differently as well. That said, the margins there's competition. How are you guys being competitive amongst? some of the other brokerages that are in your market, whether it's a discount brokerage, if you're representing, pitching a seller, uh, the, the 1% to 2% commission model versus the 5 to 6% commission model. Uh, also on the buy side, how are you being competitive against some of the buy side agents that will give rebates and things of that nature versus 
uh, your, you know, you guys. So how, how do you position yourself amongst the competition? What makes you guys stand above that? So it's really interesting. The, um, you know, if you think about a, the real estate agent's business is, you know, it's transacting, uh, you know, uh, helping <coughs> home people buy and sell homes. Yeah. And the number of homes that sell in the United States every year is pretty consistently between five and six million. So the number, you know, the number of transactions is pretty static. And you know, all these agents are chasing that same number of homes. And you know, my joke is 50% of the agents claim to be in the top 1% uh, you know, in, in, in the country. And the, uh, uh, the reality is that, you know, yes, not only are agents competing with each other, agents are competing with technology. And in the last five years, more money has gone into real estate tech than, than if, you know, all previous years combined. And uh, you know, most of that technology investment is going at uh, uh, trying to either disintermediate the agent or try to scrape some of that agent commission and put it in the, in the company's pocket. Uh, what Hans and I are seeing uh, is that, you know, it, it, we still, and from a very biased perspective, but we still believe that if you are an awesome agent, you're, you're more than worth your commission because a, a true agent can really, you know, you know, on the buy side, identify uh, opportunities that, you know, other agents can't, don't know about or don't, you know, don't have access to. And then uh, on the sell side, sort of, um, you know, really putting together a, a, a thoughtful strategy that's going to position your home and in, in, in maximize the chances of getting the best outcome. So what's happening now, and I think what, you know, what Tom Ferry was alluding to, is there's a flight to the elite, like, you know, more homes are being sold by fewer teams in the country, and the teams like ours that really sort of thought through and have the resources to to ferret out these opportunities for buyers and to put together a really compelling strategy and manage you know most if not all of the process for the seller. Those teams are doing better and better, and that's why Hans and I are really excited about you know our future because we are um, you know uh, both with our 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 own history, but now with the Compass merger, we just have these incredible resources that we never had before. Do you have anything to add to that? Uh, so our breakout year uh, was really 2008 and 2009. And uh, that was when the crash, the, 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 the most recent real estate crash happened. And it was a real shakeout. It was a, a, a material impact on the marketplace and so many folks get into real estate when times are booming because they think it's an easy an easy business and what happens and especially in those those crisis moments is that people want to have a trusted advisor with them and that's when we thrive and you know we always joke like Stephen says like you know we were trying to be the best of class deconstruct what it is to be a great real estate agent and all those things those things are so critical but what is, it was so frustrating in a, in a booming market is like you know you, you are the best, but you, the people go with the people they like. They like, or they have the people work with the people they like. They work yes. with people they like, and a lot of times it's like you know you know Uncle Bob or Aunt Petunia. Yeah, you know, they sold two homes a year and don't know what they're doing, Everybody but but lessons. they're really nice. Yeah, <laughs> and so all that stuff gets washed away. It's like you know all of a sudden you know you got to be different, you got to be better, and you got to be smart about it. And and so I I do think it's you know you should always be saving saving your you know, gathering your nuts in, in these times that have been strong. And I actually think going into early 2020, it's going to be, we think it's going to be a very robust period. But, you know, going into the elections and beyond, who knows? And, and yes. so when those things happen, I think we'll, we're, we'll be very well positioned. But I think for a lot of people, it's going to be a reckoning. When um, you go to a pitch, and I'm just a question to both of you guys, we're going to wrap up here. But when you go to a pitch, 
I'm the seller. Uh, I have I have one, company A charging me one percent or two percent, three percent, whatever it is, very discounted. And then you guys come in as part of the mix of other, you know, four or five other people that we're interviewing. Uh, how do you? What What is your proposition to me in twenty seconds or a minute or less versus the one to two percenters? Uh, so. Um... I heard a great analogy, uh, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard it on a podcast, so it must be true, um, about George Clooney when he was early in his career trying to get, trying to get his first role, and he was going on all these, um, uh, on all these auditions and not getting it. And then one day he had this epiphany where he realized that as nervous as he was, not you know that he was not going to get the role, he realized that the person who was interviewing him or auditioning him was equally nervous about picking the wrong actor. And once he figured that out, he made it, he changed his mindset. And he, he went in, he goes into, went into the interview uh, with the mindset that I'm, I'm your answer, I'm going to solve your problem, I'm the no-brainer choice. And so, uh, you know, I think Hans and I have done that intuitively. I think we're more conscious about it now, but we, we know the value we can bring. And we know that you know, our clients are better off using us than using our competition. And so we really, you know, confidently, and, you know, I like to say confidence without arrogance, you know, explain to them what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. And, uh, you know, we, we come from, you know, this, I said earlier, this is a very professional-minded uh, market, and they don't, they don't go for the ego strokes. They go for, like, you really present a sound strategy to sell home. Who's adding the real value? We, we we win our listing appointments. Good. Great. Uh, do you have anything to add to that regarding no, this? You said, said it perfectly. And even for buyers, just to wrap up here, if there's a company that offers a rebate on the commission and to the buyers, is it the same thing? I mean, how do you explain to these buyers? They say, hey, listen, I have another friend that is telling me that there is a rebate. I get some money back. How do you... How, what's your response to that? I... I mean, it's 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 basically what Stephen what Stephen said on the buy side. Same you know, thing. so you know, one of the things we've been doing this for a long time. We have a very very good reputation in our local market because we've been treating people uh, honestly and fairly and intelligently for twenty years. By the way, not just our our clients, but our our peers in this business, our or colleagues from other brokerages. And having that track record at this stage in our career is there's things that we can do that no one can do. It's sure. because we have relationships. We know we if someone's looking for a particular neighborhood, I know and they're my speed dial. I know who to call to get, to get that <laughs> right. to, yeah. to, to find out what's coming on that may not be available. Uh-huh. There's no way. There's just no way someone at a, at a, a you know on a salary role in a new to an area is offering rebates has any 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 close to those relationships to understand where those. Uh, you know those potential opportunities are for those buyers. Right. So, so a big part of what we do on the buy side is, you know, we want our clients to be educated to a point that when they, when the right opportunity comes in front of them, that they're they are able to uh, appreciate that that's a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and then we we will give our opinion like, yeah, this is this is like a really good one for you. Versus this is not, don't write. I, mean, I can well, tell, I, I can tell you a horror, horror story after horror story. I had a client that, that bought a, a condo. Not, not for his clients. No, no, a condo. For, <laughs> no, it was my, it was my seller. My horse, no, he, he, bought, he bought a condo from a, from a developer with, it, with a buyer's agent, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know if they had a rebate or what was going on, but they bought, a buyer, they bought this condo and they never had the final certificate of occupancy. They never had the tax ID number. He bought all of it before 
before that was done done properly. How did you do it? Was it cash? Was it a cash deal? I mean, it was just it was just schlocky the whole way through mm-hmm. the process. And he ended up buying this thing. It, didn't, it never passed final inspections and all this stuff. And then when he started digging into it, he was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm in over my head. It turned into a giant multi-year lawsuit. Oh and then he called me, you know, called me to sell the thing. And, you know, if he had, if he had used us on the buy side, it never would have happened. Mm-hmm. It just, like, all that headache and all that stress and would absolutely have never happened. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It just—it's it's just horror story after horror story. Like yeah. That, so. Yeah. So the, uh, this, you know, the 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 challenge of this business um, is also the opportunity, which is, to the consumer, it it uh, it's not rocket science, and everyone thinks you can do it. You think you can sort of work your way through it, and you know, there's a lot of you know, um, DIY DIY people think they can do it. Yourself. Do it. Yeah. And the, the challenge is, is it's. Uh, yeah, you probably get through it, um, and but you don't know where the landmines are. And so, uh, you know what, you know what Hans and I and our team is all about is sort of, you know, telling you what's around the corner and making right. sure that you don't you you don't make a choice um, or a negotiation or just you chase a you chase a commission rebate. And you may you might save one percent, but you're actually gonna you know you're paying lose, more than five percent over 5%. market. I mean, I, I use the doctor analogy the. You know, proctologist. Uh, no, not that one. It's, okay. a, it's a different, different situation. Um, the, the a, a bad doctor is fine if you're healthy, right? And mo- you know, you probably you know seventy five percent of the transactions run smoothly and all that. But when you're really, really sick and you need the best, you need to have the best doctor at your side. And in real estate, you have to choose your doctor up front, and you don't know whether you're going to get run into a, a curveball down the road. And you want that. You want that. That. That that advisor with you through this entire process. That's great. I love so. that one. I thought you were going to go the WebMD route where everybody uses, but that, that one's <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Trademark. Yes, where, yeah. <laughs> where, one of my favorite things that Rob said was, Refkin said was, uh, discounts can be expensive. And right. both of your stories are exactly that. Yeah. Is that at the end of the day, if you go the discount route, it could cost you more in the long run. Uh, do you do it? It's, do you still practice law? Do you jump into? You talked about litigation, but do you jump into that type of well, uh, my, my, practice? Or my no? joke is, I, I practice law every day. I'm just not allowed to admit it. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I you know, I'm sort of, I guess, the de facto general counsel for our company. Um, I'm on the the, the, end, the yeah. Northern Virginia Association of Realtors Forms Committee, so sure. I'm involved in, in drafting uh, contract or help, helping our. So you still our, practice law to a degree? Yeah, like and I love it. I do. I'm. I'm but you don't go into litigation if there's something. Oh, no, there. no, no. I you don't I, want to do that. No. We, you want to practice on your core business. That's right. Right. Okay. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much for your time. We went a little over. I appreciate it. If you guys are listening and you have interest in buying in the DMV area, uh, please reach out to Steve and Hans. We're honored to have them on the show today, and uh, their experiences and their stories are quite remarkable. So, once again, thank you for joining. Thank and, you, Tom. Yep. And thank, thank you very much. Yep. Thank you for listening to Real Talk.